All right, there, there we're, we're recording. There you go. Hey, it's Pete and MJ here, back with uh, blah do. I used a neti pot today, and it was wonderful because there were a lot of change. There were weak stuff. Shut up, I'm giving an ad for okay. neti pots. Ad for this pot. I'm so sorry. Don't get, don't get any brady amoebas or whatever they're called. Oh yeah, those are. Scary. Oh shit! I just used tap water that too. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you guys suck doing that. God damn it. I don't want this to dog as broad as you by Brady and Ebus. Brady and Ebus. <laughs> well, Pete and MJ are here. I'm Peter Teabags. And I'm MJ. Here with our good friend, Jason. Hello. Uh, do you want to? Well, I don't know how to. Jason's fired or something. Yeah, Jason's fired. From the uh, Critically Important Podcast. Yes. I got to say, when I heard your podcast name for the first time, I was jealous that I didn't hadn't thought of it because I love things that are quote unquote critically important. Like bring on the pretension. Yeah. I if I can be as more pretentious, I'm being more. That's pretentious. That was yeah. It was supposed to be a jab at, at critics. I think everything they say is critically important, but we are also critics, so it's like the double entendre. Right. Bring expectations. I do you write anything about your movie reviews, or do you just talk about them on your? So podcast? I have I have a letter box. And when I have the AMC steps list, or as a part of what was it, AMC A list stuff, mm-hmm. oh, right. I would uh, go in there and write reviews a lot, but then the pandemic happened and I lost my job at the same time. So that kind of stopped the movie going for a little bit. I was, had you to pick have... up that, that movie going ball. We stopped at that same time. Yeah. Uh, we had Movie Pass. And then when they when Movie Pass went under, we switched over to A lists and saw a fuck ton of movies. Yeah, it was great. That's uh, great. It was absolutely wonderful. We had to like kind of fraud the system in order to get it for our kids. Yeah. So each of us, I think I had three accounts under my name, and then I had two. So you were like doing like the old Columbia House thing, where you would yeah for three memberships under different names. Well, I was paying full price on all of them. I want to make that clear. Right. I wasn't actually taking any money from them. I was just skirting around the rules in order to give them more money. Actually, Avatar was the last time I saw a movie, or the first time I saw a movie in the theater since the pandemic, since February 2020, the new Avatar. I haven't seen it. How is it? Great. It's great. You got, I, I see I see it in all the Avatars at the IMAX here in Tempe. That's true seven-story IMAX, because then you're just immersed in it. Uh, I would be amazing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. That's like, where when, they talk, when they talked about uh, actually... Filming technology underwater, like the technology to film cameras underwater and then swimming. I was like, is that really going to make a difference? And then when you see, watch that movie and watch Little Mermaid, you can tell that Little Mermaid's like CGI. Like it does make a difference. And and that format, just amazing. I remember the first one I saw it at Salt Lake's version of the Tempe. Like it was the Salt Lake IMAX. Yeah, it was the only, it was at Jordan Common or Landing. I can't remember. It was a started with Jordan and either had Landing or Commons after it. Doesn't matter, but I was like the theater to see it and IMAX 3D and it was spectacular. I saw it two more times in that theater and then the next time I saw it- Remember when you could afford to see it two more times? Oh my God, because it was $13 for the the IMAX 3D. That was the upgraded charge back then. Yeah. Now it's, what was it? Probably 20 something? No, I paid 15. 15? Okay. That's horrible. Really? That's all? Was it matinee? Uh, no, it was like seven o'clock. Do they I didn't say 20 bucks more. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm sure it adds up if you've got like a family or something. 
Yeah, that's true. I guess when we factor it in, it's like we have to get them a popcorn or else. What's the point of go? Those are some of them are going to be restless. Uh, but the next time I saw it was on a cell phone because I bought a... What phone was it? It was a Samsung phone. It wasn't the G1. Oh, I don't know. It was a Galaxy. The Galaxy that we had. It came with Avatar preloaded on it. And I watched it. So it was like uh, the I, the iPhone had a YouTube, but you wanted it on your phone. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Pretty much. Because okay. I was, uh, back then I was one of those, oh, everything's better than Apple. This is better than Apple. This is better than Apple. But I was wrong. So uh, the G1 was a bad choice, and so was the Samsung Galaxy. So I eventually went with the iPad. Uh, whatever. Um but waiting in line for uh, Black Friday shopping and trying to watch Avatar on my phone, and I realized this is not good. This is not the format to watch this movie. No. Uh, so I'm jealous that you got to see it in IMAX 3D. This I'm sure they'll re-release re it in IMAX and stuff like James Cameron. Of course he's going to. How many times? Anytime, anytime Marvel movie passes at the box, so I was like, oh, we're going to re-release this so it can make more money. So Avatar... Was the first movie you saw in theater since? I think the first one we went to was Adam's Family. It was for a birthday. Okay. The cartoon. It was okay. And then I saw Air, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie, Michael Jordan movie. Did you realize they were in the Michael Jordan movie? Yeah. Ben Affleck directed Hey, I didn't imagine it was lead. It's about the making of the shoe. There's not much Michael Jordan. Well, I heard NPR talking about it, and I knew that it was not not really a Michael Jordan movie, just a another corporate thriller, I guess, like Tetris. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, either. Well, it's good. It focuses. Uh, it's it focuses more about how about basically how we started attaching ourselves to something like a shoe. How the celebrity makes the shoe, and we want to be the celebrity, so we wear the shoe. Ah, uh, until the... And the, the, there's a surprising union, uh, pro-union message. Really? Actually, yeah. Uh, pro, there was essentially like, is Michael Jordan was like, I want Michael Jordan to have a royalty of every shoe that's sold, which was on her back then. And it's like, well, he make, you know, he's, you're making money out of here, so he deserves to have a piece of the pie. So that was like a real kind of, was expecting that, you know? So not as much about Nike as you think. I mean, it's, it's a Nike shoe. It has to be about Nike in some extent, but it's... It's about the. It's about Bay Free Yeah, how yeah, how the Air Jordan really one of the first big products where we wore it because we wanted to be like Mike, and so we wore Air Jordans. We were once so close to being like Mike. I never was. Did you ever have any Jordans? No. I had a, I had a like a re. What, I don't know, one of the cheap versions of the Jordan. It was the Air. I don't know. I I thought it was so cool and. Yeah, we got them. Yeah, I, 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 I might find me either just like. The cheaper sneakers are like Eddie Bauer. I did kind of like the brown shoes or whatever, your brown dress shoes. But I wasn't a shoe kid anyway, so it's not like I was like, oh, I want Air Jordans, you know. Now, moon boots. I want I, I wanted those so bad I never got them. Same. I, what, I, because I watched Nick Brown. I, I understand because that, that could be a hazard. You're jumping moon boots and you're hurting yourself, you know. Like <laughs> one, it's not the safest shoe i want did they have a lot of accidents i don't know but you, it, but you look at them they're like buckets and your your feet are hovering over them in this like leather middle and you're just it's like mini trampolines <laughs> surrounded by like plastic and it looked really awkward watching these kids and i just i just thought some kid probably hurt themselves in that. so i'd be like no you're not gonna break an ankle 
Yes. The rich kid uh, up the street, his parents were divorced, had had a pair of moon boots. I never got to play with them. He was, his parents were divorced, so he got more stuff. To so kids, if you're listening yes. to this, you absolutely shouldn't be, so get the fuck off. But if you're still here, the get your parents to get divorced, you'll get twice as many gifts. It's 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 a win win situation for work. Exactly. Like, and then you, you it's your free pass. You fuck up at school, bad grades. Oh, I mean, oh, parent broken home, broken home. The things you encourage on this podcast, I don't know. It's the way it should be. Yeah, I had L.A. Lights, though. L.A. Lights. They were Carl Malone's shoe. Oh. He, uh... Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Oh, the person who, uh... Impregnated a 13-year-old girl. When he was at college. How you your Jazz say your July concert? John Stockton and Carl Malone. Wait, has John Stockton fucked up, too? Oh, he's just a big, uh, Trumper. I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, he, his kid played for, and, uh, every once in a while we would play them and he would come and hang out or watch and then get mobbed by people from the poor side of town. uh, So yeah, Michael Jordan, but they were both on the dream team. They were. So we'll excuse the child rape and racism. No, we won't. Fuck those guys. I do have standards, which is why I, on this list that we're going to go through, I did not listen to number 12. We didn't listen to number 12 because it was Michael Jackson's Thriller. I've heard the album, so I know that I didn't miss out on anything. I've heard the album a lot. Yeah. But I couldn't separate myself from my thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on cancel culture? It's not cancel culture, it's because... He's dead. Who am I canceling? Yeah, I mean, and he's not even getting my money. Ever, it's like, it's gonna have. To, I mean, it's gonna have to be like by artists what you're comfortable with. I go Michael Jackson. It's like his music has seeped so far into the consciousness. Yeah, it's hard to suck that out. It's like I'm a fan of. I was, well, I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan Adams. I. Uh, and a Monday and yeah, but he was—he's a ballad singer, like an all country singer, sorry guy. That I was a huge fan of Phoebe Bridgers and a bunch of people came out and said that he was verbally abusive in relationships, oh. and it's just like, uh, not the worst accusations, but at the same time, like I own a lot of his vinyl, you know. So it's weird because it's like I could throw it away, and then it goes to the dumps. I could sell it, and then I'm making money off of it. Z is making money off of it, and some kids. Spending money to buy random stuff, right. you know. So it's just, and you know, like I didn't see it. Like for me, you speak with your wallet. So like I didn't see when he came on tour, which before that would instantly bought tickets. You know, uh-huh. I guess these. Yeah, if if you have the CD or if you have the files downloaded, he's he's not making money exactly. But streaming, he does. So it's like I haven't really listened to much of his stuff on streaming, but then they make so much little money. It's just. But the Michael Jackson would be like if Taylor Swift, somebody like Taylor Swift, so it's like, yeah, Taylor, Taylor, somebody came on about Taylor Swift, and then it's just like, how can we separate separate uh, yeah. culture, not just from your thoughts, but from society as a whole? You know, yeah. it's difficult. It's it, he was the he dominated the news, everything, even before he 
was accused of anything. That's the thing. Like he, he was viewed as a freak before the allegations. So if you viewed him in that way, you already kind of accept. Like you already, there's always baggage when you listen to him. Yeah. There's... The thing, the thing for me too is like Michael Jackson was abused horribly as a child, and so then it's his like, dad was a big asshole. Oh yeah. And then I was watching a show about Michael Jackson. I was like, well, children are abused as a child. They sort of stay in that state of perpetual adolescence. So it's also not just separating like weird thoughts on him from the music, but like the conversation of like, what's the line between not condoning and giving people, like basically saying this person should suffer consequences, but then also understanding what led to that in a way into that behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's a really nuanced conversation person to person that, like uh, people just want to be like, nope, can't understand anything else. But like Michael Jackson, I mean, that's that. Like what he did was really bad. But but all stories short, like I still listen to his music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like like for me, like it's, it's there's you boycotting a local business where you're where your boycott can really mean something. And then boycott Chick Fil A, where it's like if you're a person against Chick Fil A, don't eat at Chick Fil A. But if you're not eating Chick Fil A to so they don't get money, like that's just like you need to have so many people not eat Chick. -fil -A. And, the, the, and then the Republicans will counter by only eating Chick-fil-A. Everybody's going to have to make their own decisions and be comfortable with their own decisions. And if you don't want to let Michael Jackson support that person, uh -huh. you know. And then obviously there's like a Kevin Spacey kind of thing. Then that's kind of like, a, like everybody's kind of like, that's really shitty. And then he tried to cover it up, make it okay by coming out. That was gross. Yeah. Uh, there's levels, you know, baby driver is a movie that I had to look at completely different after the, all of that came out because I loved baby driver. I saw it in a, an advanced screening. So I saw, it, I was, uh, I was telling people about it before I signed an NDA and I wasn't supposed to. So, but I was telling everybody about it and how awesome it was. And then the allegations came out and we're like, oh, it's watching Kevin Spacey hold power over a young man and... Yeah, America Beauty hits different. Oh my god, that movie's gross now. I mean, actually it was. Without the allegations, 20 years later, it would be grosser in hindsight. But now he would... With, now what do you know about Kevin Spacey? Yeah, it's... Uh, that's the movie where he starts working out so that he can fuck his daughter's friend. Friend. Yeah, it's like they're seniors like, in high like, school. She's the star cheerleader. It's midlife crisis. The movie is what it is. And I'm gonna spoil it for you, so you never have to see it. He gets his brains blown out at the final scene by. Say it again. American Beauty. It won Best Picture. The cover. It's the girl in the rose cover petals. Rose petals. Yeah. And there's the flying bag. But that's... I've never seen it. Well, there it was memed a lot back then. Oh. Like it's in uh, not another teen movie. They have a scene with the blowing wet. That was the beginning of the movie, and it lands at Kevin Spacey's feet, right? Yeah, and then the kid like films it that his dad thinks he's sleeping with, and then comes and shoots him. I like that guy that plays his dad. He's a good hard ass. I figured out what I was going to say earlier. Okay. We can't be reactive to it. That's how those problems like Michael Jackson, people who are fucked up because fucked up shit happened to them. It's It can't be reactionary. It has to be, as a society, we have to do as much as we can outwardly, actively to support 
humanity so that people aren't like we, I don't think people should suffer consequences, but at the same yes. time, all if all you do is slap them on the wrist and you don't change their mindset, you know. And I feel like a lot, and I think about like if if you're if you're more liberally inclined and your view is to if somebody's trying to make the change to well you thought this before, well then they're never going to fully come over because like if, if my reward for changing is persecution, why should I mm-hmm. change? It's like I'm gonna bring it to parenting. When your kid comes out of the room, when your teenager finally comes out of the room for dinner, oh, look who decided to join us. Whoa. Haven't seen you in, like, why would they want to come out and be with your family if your family's just going to be annoying to them? <laughs> so it, why would you change if it doesn't matter? It's the nature of nurturing. It'd be nice if everybody was born to, to believe the same values as you know, mm-hmm. um, acceptance and not and accepting people for who they are. But if you're just okay, thank you. But if you're in a place like the South, where bigotry is as accepted as the sun rising from the east and setting in the west, it's going to take some work to get that person to change. Yeah, I want to point out that not all of I know that you weren't saying it, but not everybody in the South is that racist. It's just you. You can it's define. a more likely region to be that way. Let me just go. Yes. Because I've been to southern places that are like especially in cities and stuff like that, they're very well. But in general, it's called, you know, the Bible is it's it's you know it has it, a reputation. It has a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I was at we had a conference for work this week and we had to listen to a podcast as part of it. It was like it was about calling in people instead of calling people out. And she actually made that same point, the Loretta something, I can't remember her last name. Loretta Ross, I think. She talks about, like, she says, uh, well, you said, why would we, why would anybody get better if you're not, if it doesn't make a difference? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, a good example is like Justin Trudeau, uh, with a wearing blackface. Well, let's look at, let's look. At the culture of the E, Sammy, like Billy Bruce was playing Sammy Davis, you jet blackface and was accepted. The movie Soul Man, I am blackface. Uh, uh, Dan Ackbar in Training Places, yes, blackface. So, if you're especially if you're in a bubble and you're sheltered from, you know, from what basically from if you're basically in a bubble where you're more affluent and you're not exposed to other cultures and stuff like that, and you see, oh, it's cool, we're blackface, guess what you're going to do or more likely to do? Exactly. And the party is wear blackface. I think the internet has taken away any excuse anybody had to be racist. Like, I know it's actually caused a lot of racism, but it, it, and sometimes there is no excuse for being racist, but sometimes you also need to look at the, if you've never seen somebody who looks different from you, never, and never had any interactions with them, and then you only hear what certain people are saying about people like that, you're gonna... There's your talking about well for me, Johnny, I don't know if this is relatable to you, but growing up in the nineties, you watched a lot of ads, Santa Counties and Care Tribes. What was what was in every one of those counties that's so gay? Oh, that's absolutely. Gay. And you just say it, you're it's accepted that people are saying it's a slang word. You don't take the time to think about what that means to somebody who is, you know, gays and you know, just you know, how they feel it's just like my first impression I ever took was the Apu Indian accent. And then that documentary came out, it was five years ago, so I about 
of who and how it affected and as a Indian American, how it affected his perception, you know, and basically people doing this accent and it was like they're basically mocking my heritage. But you don't do it that way. It's a character on The Simpsons, you know, and it was an easy accent to do. It was like him and my Ross Pro, my first impressions I did like my several by us. Funny, mine was very similar to the Apu, my first impression. It was actually uh, the guy from uh, Short Circuit. Mis- the I, He says Mr. Johnny Five. It wasn't that. He's him totally well. Yes. yes. He's on Friends. He's the guy who shows up and he's he's dating Phoebe and he's a therapist or he's a psychiatrist and he psychoanalyzes all of them and they all hate him. And he's also on Secession, which is really fucking good um but yeah that it was we didn't have exposure to south asian people i didn't i just thought it was a silly voice and it took growing up and exposure to people to realize yeah. oh that's that's fucked yeah. yeah i lived in a small town 10,000 people outside detroit michigan you cross it was an island town like in the georgia you cross over the bridge it was like Henry mayberry the only asian americans i knew were kids that were adopted by white parents and they were sort of like the outliers but they they didn't have the heritage to educate me about anything they're basically raised like us but i but i had parents that were pretty liberal and are not very liberal but you know for the 90s very liberal you know that you know taught me about strikes at a young age and stuff like that well acceptance and things like that so i had i had i had the more head start to look at look at things that way than other people might have. I bet that pro-union vibe is a lot easier to find in Michigan than it is in other conservative it's definitely It's the Midwest, so Trumpism is engulfed. My, it's a funny, like, my, most of my, well, all my uncles and aunts pretty much are Republican mm-hmm. on both my mom and dad's. And my grandpa on my dad's side was Democrat, and that was one of the few things that my dad and my grandpa one of the things that my dad got really bonded over because the rest of his sons were became Republican. My yeah, our families are all <laughs> no need uh, to parse it out. They're pretty much all. Um, my mom was Democrat back when Bill Clinton ran for president the first time. I remember that because I was a little kid and we were visiting my great grandpa in Florida and we went to a Clinton rally. So, and my grandpa, so my grandparents, my grandparents loved the Kennedys. And I think over time, they thought they were going to become too liberal. I, I I never asked them why, but I just saw that like my great grandpa voted for Bush, and that's kind of when they in their minds like they were, it was okay for them to vote Republican. Interesting. Like I know, I know. Uh, my, my I met Walter Cronkite when I went to ASU. Shook his hand, real really brief. Did you major in journalism? Uh, I did major. My spy history of the history could be its own podcast. Uh, <laughs> But my my uh, my mom talked to my grandpa. Was I only met Walter Cronkite his response to that howie bastard? Okay, like once 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 Democrats at the beginning they were like basically Republicans were non-interventionists and the Democrats were more for the war. But then when the younger people were protesting against the war on top of civil rights, that's when the shift happened. And Reagan and they, they did the Dixon took off. Dixon took the pillar of the war. And then that's how you have most Republicans for war, with the exception of like Rob Paul, who's libertarian, is more towards the old value of what Republicans thought about war. The Dixiecrat. Yeah. And then the Southern strategy, you had the, the flip flop on. 
on race as well. So, what I, I just don't under. We just recently watched Hidden Figures for the first time, and awesome movie. And I don't understand. You're a fucking rocket scientist. How are you? How are you racist? Like you, you literally know the science that of DNA. I was like, I was watching. I was thinking about Barbara Walters and how she came up in the news cycle and they viewed her as a threat. Uh, like it was like woman or yeah, it was insecurity. Like this is a man's job, and you know, but it's, it's based in insecurity. And then you had people like, and I seen Diana like years later, Sam Dobbs. It was like, no, it was, it was Tech Koppel. I was like looking back, and I, yeah, it was an asshole. Mm. It was based on insecurity. Like, you know, it takes advantage of this job, and you know, me risking, you know, men losing their jobs if women are, are taking and doing this, doing this job. It takes a man to read a story out loud. To people on the television. Well, news anchors are because it's also the, the research and sifting through the facts. That was a great intro. <laughs> I'm not. I have thoughts on race and you know, <laughs> cancel culture. Jason is not a racist and he doesn't like rapists. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That should be a pretty easy bar for anybody to climb, but in 2023. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. I'm glad that my kids are all commie weirdo queeros that Weirdest do not align with the the popular kids at their school because of popular kids at their school are red hat wearers. A lot of them. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, oh, even regardless of politics, it's like when you're in high school, you try so hard to fit in, and then like you're saying, it's like you don't talk to them anymore. You're just like, why I waste my energy carrying anybody? Yeah. Can you imagine being in high school? And thinking a politician is the is your fucking idol, like enough to make your personality about. Oh, when I was a kid, I was all on Michael Moore. Is where he Bush so much. I actually, like one there. college was my thought. Po- yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but also, my dad, my dad lost his job, dude, because they It was a typical two thousand word Democratic talking point. You know, Republicans shifting the jobs overseas. So my dad lost his job. He started a small business. It failed. So he lost all of his savings. And then to fund that business. My my parents did one of those uh, sub. Well, what's what's the mortgage center in the Big Short? Subprime mortgages, and they lost their house. Shit. So yeah, that would turn somebody into a big Michael Ward guy. But at this, you know, it's just it's just after a while, it's just like you know, what's you know, is it well, basically when are you like first someone's policies in the red wing, or you're kind of worshiping that person almost as much as any politician. Especially as they get old, as they get older, yeah. And like film, like I was a huge fan of Bill Maher, but it seems like some people as they get older they get more into the extremes. And so Bill Maher went from like being skeptical of religion, cool, to then any Muslims because you know they start. Yeah, I think it's hilarious when anybody tries to make when people make claims against lefties and they use. Uh, what's that guy's name you just talked about? Bill Maher? No, Bill Maher. They use him as, oh, you're going to, why don't you go? Fuck off. Bill Maher does not represent anybody. He represents like, also in the 90s and 2000s, but then it's just like. We continue to progress. progress so they, <laughs> but, you know, people sometimes getting stubborn and like, no, I'm not going to, you know, see you later. You, you guys go out. I'm going to stay here. Thank you for ch- chasing the pigeons away. Yes. I hate those fuckers. Politics. Do you talk a lot of politics on your podcast? No, it's mostly movies. Where you had good political discussions related to movies and politics, I wish we were, or there was like after stuff. 
I, I had a point I was going to make. I don't remember what it was, so I'll use this as a chance to segue back into our list. I'll go over quickly the... the I had a 12 with Michael Jackson, so I'll just quickly go over the top 11. Top, uh, Beatles, Revolver, fucking amazing. Beatles, give it. Uh, Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill was fan-fucking-tastic. I loved it then, and I loved it now. Oh, uh, Lauren Hill was a cultural phenomenon when that album came out, and then she said, well, music kind of faded, you know? Um, was She wasn't the one in the Fugees. Somebody in the Fugees... Yeah. But somebody in the Fugees was actually a, like an FBI informant or something. Wycliffe Uh Who's the other guy? Uh, something Star? I have to look it up. But he just got uh, found guilty of, of some kind of fraud. They're at a reunion tour. Uh, number nine, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. I love Bob Dylan. I don't see how this was the album of his that made it to the top ten. He has much better. I love that album, though. What's the album that has his 119th dream? Highway 60, where it is? That's mine. That is mine. Actually, I think that one is a little bit earlier, later on the list. Yeah, but I mean, I have for me, like, the lyrics on Blood and Tracks are so strong, the melodies are so haunting. Especially with the original version was going to release, which is also acoustic, then, you know, that makes it even more kind of like, it basically burying his soul out, you know, about this dissolution of his marriage and stuff like that so i think it's a very powerful album okay i agree um i just i would have placed it differently maybe not yeah but i don't know if you want to talk about how the list well we can go we want to talk about how the list was made yeah um so the blood on the tracks was blood on the tracks and you and i are pretentious about music a little bit and we i think us liking bob dylan is a given Allie likes a lot more pop music than I do. I don't. I do not love <laughs> But I can see his voice isn't a fire taste. So if you're, if somebody's like, I like his song, if they're not so, I understand it, you know? Yeah, I, I just, it's, a lot of these are like not songs that I, or albums I put on for me to enjoy. Right. And it's just because it's not, I. And when, when I watch movies with my parents, they're sometimes like, oh, I want to watch this too sad. They like entertaining movie pop, you know. But for me, like I just love art and expression, so I can dig and putting on a breakup album and just letting it be you not know, for me to just kind of like, you know, let out my let out my anxiety and kind of like you know, yeah. let, let shed a little tear, you know, and kind of you know that person's headspace. What's this person thinking, you know? But it's not, if you want some good times and good jazz, well, that's just not your album. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, Purple Rain, Prince, and the Revolution. Uh, I mean, it's Prince. Uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors. This one shocked me. I I loved this. Oh, it's phenomenal! It's a great album. Well, I, I just didn't know that I loved Fleetwood Mac that much. I I didn't. I wasn't aware, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, didn't know the songs. I knew a lot of. The just songs, didn't know they were that. I didn't realize it was. Fleetwood Mac's catching on a second wave. Like you can't go to a record store and find a record, a used record, easily on violin. Did you watch the High Fidelity TV show? When no, I didn't. It's pretty damn good. No, I bet, yeah. Uh, but there's a, like the opening, the pilot episode, they're talking about the drama that Fleetwood Mac went through. And, yeah. And it's, I want to dig into more of that. I think that would probably make a really interesting ass movie. Yeah. Has there been a movie about them? No, rumor yeah, has it. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Number six, Nirvana. I remember loving 
Yeah, I was all about Nirvana. That's cool. So I think you yelled at me about this before, back when you were my boss. <laughs> I, so I don't like mac and cheese. I don't like a whole series of things that I had these very strong opinions about. I hated Nirvana. When they were popular, the only music I listened to was either oldies or hip-hop music. And I hated anything in between that I called white people music. And Nirvana fell unto that, and I, the only version of Teen Spirit that I liked before I listened to this list was... Weird Al's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Smells Like Nirvana. Smells Like Nirvana, that's right. And I don't know what are singing, boy, this ought to bug your parents. I fucking loved Weird Al's version. But I came to this with an open mind. It was a damn good album. Yeah. It was a really good album. Yeah, when I was in high school, I, well, I got into a car accident and it led to a whole bunch of, like, me discovering my panic attacks, right? But I don't know what they were. I thought it was just God. So that led to me really into Nirvana and Pearl Jam in the sense that people were suffering in pain like I was. And that made me relate to that on a really personal level. And all through high school, if it wasn't loud, I didn't like it. Because as a kid, I was raised on the stones, the Beatles and stuff, and had an appreciation for that. But then I was big like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and then Creed. I was one of the Creed buyers, but that was like the new... Uh, were you religious? No. But it was it was heavy. I, I didn't okay. care about the lyrical content. It was just somebody making music that sounded like Pearl Jam. Stain, Pedal of Mo. Was the first tool of sound. Yeah. Have you ever had a mad skit? No. Mad TV skit. It was all those bands of that time fighting over who was the first to sound like this. Yeah. But ironically, it was the first list that came out in 2003 that made me shift. While still loving that music into more getting back to my original roots of just loving music for melodies and stuff like that. Okay. That's have known you've been following the Rolling Stone lists since the first iteration. Yes. Say. Yes. Okay, wow. I didn't even know I didn't even think Oh, when I was in you know, when I was in college, I went to Barnes Lobos and I buy the British music magazines because there were so many more reviews and the in-depth articles about musicians. I collected I was obsessed with lists and and like rankings and stuff like that, which now looking back on it, like it's funny. I, for me, it's funny that people get their pennies and a bunch of rankings. You know, like oh my god, this album's great right about this album. But for me, I use this then and still do now as a way to discover more music. Yeah. Uh, anything that can make me learn about a new artist is a good thing. And that and that first, let's say, in two thousand three, when I bought the magazine. It was, I thought, oh, wow, this album goes to school. This, the description of this album is great. And then went to ASU, when I went to ASU, there's a music school called Hoodlums. And so I bought a lot of the albums I was like interested in. I listened at that music school. Okay. That's, and then before I went to college, the library had, there was a public library in my high school, and they had a whole bunch of music you could check out. So I would check out 30 CDs and rip them to my computer and then turn them back in. That's how I discovered Neil Young. Uh, and then, I remember. Yeah, that's your favorite artist? One of my favorite artists, yes. Okay. And ironically, I went back a, a year later, and they had put a limit on how many items you could check out. So it was like, so, like, so the Me the Library was a big thing. Uh, I I would listen to samples of like the Velvet Underground and Led Zeppelin on a computer. We do know CD now, the old store. Mm-hmm. They have samples. And I would try to give these artists a shot. My grunge living seller, like, this is how good 
I hardly like was like, yeah, this Led Zeppelin song sounds really sounds really good. And the year I graduated, Led Zeppelin put out a live album and a concert collection, and I got those as graduation gifts. And that opened my mind to Led Zeppelin. So I was like, that the library, the music list, those were all fact. And the big one, the most popular one, of the big big ones that was like the real turning point was I had heard about Bob Dylan live at World Albert Hall was a legendary bootleg, and I thought Dylan was like mostly acoustic strumming folk stuff, which as a grunge person, heavy enough. But I was like, like folk music, you folk music. I've got a lot of view. Yeah, but but then I was like, but then there's apparently he played with a electric band. He was criticized for that, so I'll give this a listen. And there is a song that uh, electric part of the show. Uh, it was he did an electric version of what's, what's the song I think he did, but it was like a, a, one of the acoustic songs he did. But it was like a full band version, and it sounded like a punch in the face. Like, wow, this stuff can rock as hard as anything out of a pro jam. Okay, and it was like, if I was missing out on this, what else am I missing out? But if I was in the show, what else was I not exposed to? You know, and then I kind of backed out and kind of started to dive into more music and wow, then found again like appreciate music for mailing and stuff like that not just like as a way to cope with my personal stuff that makes sense I, or was i just rambling for five minutes no you don't i actually so it's interesting everybody gets something different from music i uh, growing up my what i got from music was something to make me look cool like as a teen, I wanted nothing but but gangster rap to make me look tougher as I rode around town in my stolen cars. Um, Sam from Metro Detroit gangster rap was not a part of that. Did you live there when Eminem was coming up? No. Right before I moved, I remember hearing about Eminem on the radio when he was still kind of local. Okay. So I just missed Eminem breaking through. I, I left and moved to 97. I think he broke out in 98. Okay. Just miss it. This Jack White and the White Stripes. Missed a lot. Of, I didn't know that the White Stripes were from. Yes. Okay. Missed a lot of the music we tried that was breaking out. Kid Rock. Were you ever... Have you ever given the Insane Clown Posse a chance? I'm not advocating for them in this moment, so you speak freely. No, I mean, I haven't listened to them. I've heard, like, Baggots, how they work. And stuff like that. I know that I know the memeable stuff. Uh, it's just, I just you, sometimes you just know when something isn't going to be for you. For you, I I am. Well, I'm respecting it. I am there with you on that. The first time I ever heard ICP was, I had drank an entire bottle of ice water one while camping with some friends and ended up puking out the side of a car while we drove from campground to campground and we got pulled over and I was really scared. The next morning with my hangover, the friend who was driving me home, speeding 100 miles an hour, listening to Insane Clown Posse and I've never enjoyed them, but my kid really likes them. I know they love Fago too. I know the whole Fago thing. That's a Detroit classic that I wasn't aware of until after I left Detroit because my parents were or especially my mom was like all, ahead of her time on the all-natural front so I never really had a lot of soda so I didn't even know Fago was a thing until later and then when I went back to Michigan on vacation I was like I'll try Fago it was a little up to the hype 
I, so I, I not an ICP fan. I made a mistake if I wanted my kid to not be one by telling them a story heard on NPR about some record executive who was, uh, back when he was an intern, was tasked with going to pick up ICP to take them to some, from the airport to take them to the event venue and uh, an autograph signing in the middle. And they pulled up to the autograph signing and ICP's like, what the fuck are you doing? We don't do this. And before they could get out of the parking lot, the entire crowd just surrounded the car and covered it in Fago. Like, he had to turn on his windshield wipers. He couldn't see where he was going. And I'm like, dude, just go. They will flip your car over. So I told my kid this story, and it piqued their interest. And now they're a really big fan. They've taught me a lot about them. I don't hate them at all like I used to. It's funny. They're not as popular now as they were. One of them's uh, about to die. I mean, that's a fucked up thing to say. One of them is suffering from a lot of condition that will eventually lead to yes. I heard about that. Yeah, they can't, can't they can't tour anymore. Um, they I don't think they tour anymore because of his health. The other guy, Shaggy, makes videos on YouTube with some other guy, but apparently they are like they a lot of their music is like uh, anti pedophilia stuff, like all the. The murder that they're singing about it's usually against people like that which i still you don't murder people right at least don't and but they go off into these they've created their own heaven and hell and storytelling with their shit so i respect them so number five was never mind number five was never number six was no never mind number five was abbey road which i I might know how this was beetle album I don't know. I wouldn't surprise that this wasn't number one once I found out that Thriller wasn't going to be number one. I thought this would be. Because everybody talks about it. It's... Yeah. Our, we made we did a Christmas card recreating the cover yeah. with our kids one year. Um, but it's a great album. Stevie Wonder Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, I had no idea that I... Most of the songs that I had ever enjoyed were probably written by Stevie Young. There's Stevie Wonder, Wonder, Steve Young. Did you did you realize that Gangster's Paradise was sampled from a song off that album? I knew that it was sampled from somewhere, obviously. I didn't know that it was Stevie Wonder. I heard it when we were listening through, and I was like, oh, this is different. <laughs> it's fun. This is... Uh, my favorite song on that was probably either uh, The Ghetto, the song about the ghetto or Dillage Ghetto Land. Village Ghetto Land or Saturn. Yeah, I'm I'm big on like the hits without Sir Duke. Uh as is a great song off that album. Oh, that was a good one. I forgot. That was one that I knew the song, but I didn't know what it was called. Like I had heard it and I if I heard it, I was like, oh, this song. But next is number three, which you said you needed to yell at me about. Joni Mitchell. Well, I don't know what I was gonna yell at you about it. It's just so Essentially, um, we might as well talk about how list was made. So, how the list was made was they sent a blank list to 300 people. Uh, so, Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift to Tom Marillo and Bono, a bunch of record execs and stuff like that. And basically, everyone had to list their top 50 albums. And then they took those and about the list 
to make this list. So this list is like an aggregate of albums that showed up on all these people's different lists mm-hmm. and how high they were. So it wasn't like a panel all came together. I was like, we decree that the third best album is Joni Mitchell. It just showed up on a lot of people's lists. And the reason is because Taylor Swift, like Joni Mitchell's like their idol, like their songwriting idol. Her influence. Her influence. Far reaching. Yes. And it, so it showed up probably on a lot of lists, especially it made a huge jump from the original list. And and that's one of the reasons why. And it's one of her more songwritery records, mostly her and the guitars and piano and stuff like that. Uh, very melodic. It's, uh, for me, it's a great album. My favorite of Johnny Mitchell's, I don't know if it was on this, is it's Court and Spark. Uh, or, was, or she went more jazz and had a full band. I think I remember, I think that was one that was on this. It was, Okay, Joni Mitchell's stuff isn't all on Spotify. So I had to buy... A month of so Amazon to, Music. So the reason for that is because when Joe Rogan signed a contract for Spotify, he only pulled his music in protest and Joni Mitchell joined. Oh, I didn't realize. Yes. A few artists like Crisis Nash pulled her and put their music back on, but Neil Young and Joni Mitchell still not put their music on Spotify for that reason. Hmm. That is good. I didn't realize. I was... Yeah, you're a wealth of knowledge. People tell me I'm an encyclopedia oh. of music. Yeah. Speaking of encyclopedias, remember when we covered up a murder? Okay, did you sign an NDA for that? Because I didn't. No. Okay, we totally covered up a murder, right? I mean, we swept a murder under the rug. Sure. A, a potential murder. Let me. Uh, you're you, with the Wikipedia page at work when we had to. Oh, the crazy walk... cult guy. Yeah. Yes. The, the the what was the callback? The. Do we say it and risk? No, not just seven like, people. I'm not gonna. No, I'm just gonna. Well, it was a hot, the hot, the sauna where they go. Oh, it's the name of what? Yes, y'all. Oh, where they they went sweat lodges. Yeah, sweat yes. lodge. It was death by sweat lodge. It it was his. I thought you were talking about. Were you there at at at, at work when the owner of that cafe, the cops came and told him like clean out his trunk? Ah, uh, that was. Before I got there, I heard all the rumors, but I did not. He's no longer there. There's a gym where his restaurant was. Uh, but no, I was talking about the other murder okay. there <laughs> that we actually did. How do you feel about that? Because I we feel had, weird. We added a Wikipedia page. Uh, the only thing that was on the Wikipedia page for this public figure was there was a this, big, yeah, I was story of there was a big section that we had to edit. And we had to, they wanted us to add extra stuff so that it wasn't just the murder accusations. <laughs> so the murder, but the murder accusations were on there, and like you can go to a uh, reputable website and find it's not, it's not like you're hiding. And we didn't remove anything because that's no. not how Wikipedia works. No. Like, if it's been verified, it can stay there. But that was, I feel weird about that. I feel weird about everything I did with that. Well, I felt weird about having that client just in general. I, every time I see a video of that guy, the Gesha, I. I watched it from my mind. So I don't even care. Uh, I, I was. I had to do research on them every week to write content for them. So, so I, uh, it's ingrained yeah. in here. Pet sounds. Definitely surprised the Beach Boys made it this high up. It's a highly influential album, though. Which, which yeah, I was you, you explained. 
Well, the thing is, is like Tom McCartney heard that that was his favorite song, and they were like, "Well, we got to step up our game." That means Sergeant Pepper, and Brian Wilson was making smile, and and the nervous breakdown from that. And he heard Sergeant Pepper was like, "They win." It actually references that in the Abbey Road, uh, light notes on this article. Yeah, so that's pretty cool that they had. But I love, but I love that. That's a great album. There's so many damn good songs on it. Uh, and I really loved Beach Boys when I was a kid. It's not surfing you with. And this was almost a solo album. Like he, he almost released it as a just him. I didn't know that. I knew that like he stopped touring and he was basically making the record while they toured. I didn't know he was going to release it as a solo record. I learned something. That it's, I only know it because it's in here. Uh, 